or discouraging. We live in a world that is just ready to be negative, only ready to see the problems, right? There was a duck hunter and he bought this new dog and he took this dog out for the first time uh, and he set all his stuff up and he did his call and the ducks came over the water and he shot this duck and the duck fell into the water. And to his surprise, this dog ran across the water to get the dog and then ran back. The hunter was speechless. He couldn't believe it. So the next day, he had his buddy coming and he says, boy, I can't wait to show him what my new dog can do. But the thing about this buddy was he was negative and he was always complaining about something. So he goes and they set up and they're talking and, and the hunter's smiling and he's thinking, you know, this is going to be great. They set up, do the call and the, the ducks come over and boom, they shoot uh, the duck and the dog runs across just like he knew it would and it got the duck and then it ran back. The hunter smiled at his friend and he said, did you notice anything different about my dog? And his buddy said, I sure did. He can't swim worth a lick. <laughs> Decent. It seems like everywhere we turn, we hear discouraging words. But as Christians, if we aren't careful, we will fall into this same trap. Amen? Is there time for discipline? We talked about it this morning in class. Absolutely. Is there time for reproach? Yes, there is. But as Christians, we must make our aim to be encouraging. And what we'll see this morning is that, and I love this thought, just as the body needs oxygen, the soul needs encouragement. Don't you like to be encouraged? Doesn't it make you feel good when you get some encouragement? We as Christians need to be encouraging and we need to be an encouragement. You know, the word encourage, I looked it up in the dictionary and it means to impart courage. It means to impart courage or comfort to someone. So what can we learn from the text today? And I'd like to read actually all of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. It's just 13 verses. So uh, let's read it and see what we can uh, find out about how we can be a better encourager to our brothers and sisters. Therefore, verse 1, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone. And sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith that no one would be shaken by these afflictions for you yourself know that we are appointed to this. For in fact, we told you before when we were with you that we would suffer tribulation just as it happened and you know. For this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter had tempted you and our labor might be in vain. 
But now that Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news of your faith and love and that you always have good remembrance of us, greatly desiring to see us as we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, in all our affliction and distress, we were comforted concerning you by your faith. For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. For what thanks can we render to God for you? For all the joy with which we rejoice for your sake before our God night and day, praying exceedingly that we may see your face and perfect what is lacking in your faith. Now, you, now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you, so that we may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Do we as Christians realize just how important our faith is to others? Have we, you know, when we've been talking about this letter and, and the deep uh, affection that Paul has for these Thessalonians and what was bringing comfort and encouragement over anything. You hear it over and over just in these first three chapters. What was it? He was reminded and he often speaks about their faith in the Lord. It was their attitudes and their actions despite affliction and sufferings. Now, if people were to call you by your attitude and your actions, what would your nickname be? You know, there's one in the Bible, the son of encouragement. Y'all remember who that is, don't you? Barnabas. That wasn't his real name. That was his nickname. Why was that? But because of his attitude and his actions. If you had to think about a nickname that you may be called, would it be the helper? What about the teacher or the servant? Or what about the son or daughter of kindness? Or would you be referred to as lazy or grumpy? or stingy, or gossiper, or maybe this one, the son or the daughter of critical. You know, I saw this and, and I, it just made me think. It says, flatter me and I may not believe you. You may have heard this. Criticize me and I may not like you. Ignore me and I may not forgive you. But you encourage me and I will not forget you. Think about that. Think about how important it is for us to be encouraged as brethren fighting this battle that we face every day. The world doesn't want to hear what we're about. The world wants to condemn us. The world wants to make fun of us. The world wants to say what we're doing is silly. But we know that's not true. Amen. We know that what we're doing is worth it. And in the end, hallelujah, we're going to get to see Jesus one day. But when we think about encouraging one another, brethren, 
it takes courage to do this. What we see in these verses that we just read was that Paul wants these young Christians to be encouraged. And what we see happen is not only are they encouraged, but this is the best part of it. Paul is encouraged as well. Two things I want us to consider in the lesson will be yours on what we think about as it pertains to our faith and how it can be an encouragement to others. Two very simple points. But brethren, I hope that you'll just give me a few minutes and watch what happens if you allow the word of God to become a part of your heart, to become a part of your life. It will change you from the inside out. It absolutely changed Paul. Paul, in verse 1, he says, Therefore, when we could no longer endure it, here I am in Athens. I had to move away from where you guys were at because of the persecution that I was facing, and I didn't want you guys to have to suffer through what I was getting pushed around about. But as I settle in Athens, I couldn't take it anymore. So what do I need to do? I need to send Timothy. My beloved brother, a minister of God and a fellow laborer in the gospel, I'm going to send him to you to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. Paul Understood. What did Paul know about us as Christians? When tough times come, what happens to us, brethren? We begin to struggle, don't we, in our faith. So the first thing to consider this morning when we're thinking about being an encouragement to each other is be there for each other. Not just the ones you pick. Not just your favorites. Be there for each other. Because I remember the Bible telling us specifically that we are all one in Christ Jesus. Whether Jew, whether Greek, whether male, whether female, we are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen? Life is full of trials. Life is full of tribulations. And we as Christians don't get the pass on that. But Paul had predicted to these brethren, look at what he says in verse 3, that no one should be shaken by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we are appointed for this. In verse 4 he says, For in fact we told you before when we were with you that we would suffer tribulation just as it happened, and you know. Paul predicts to these brethren that this persecution was going to come, but Paul understood the importance of being an encouragement to them. Why is that? Because in our weakest moments, and you just tell me if this is the truth in your life. Maybe you don't have any weak moments in your life. Maybe you're strong all the time. Maybe maybe you do everything perfect all the time. Maybe you never have any doubts in your mind. But brethren, if you are that way, I want you to pray for me because I'm not that way. I'm far from that way. Sometimes I get discouraged. Sometimes I have doubt in my life. Sometimes I have confusion and not understanding what I need to do. Here's Paul in Athens. He's got these new brethren who are so excited about the gospel and he's worried about them. 
He's wanting them to make sure that they're continuing to do what they need to do. He sends Timothy to do two things, to establish them and to encourage them. That word encourage, the Greek word, it's an awesome word. It's way better than the English definition. You want to know what it means? It means to come alongside someone. It means to be summoned to one side. As a Christian, we have been commanded to be summoned to someone's side. Can I help you out? Man, you're right here. Yep. And I'm here to help. What can I do to help you? What can I do to be there for you? What can I do in this time? Brethren, isn't it true? And, and, and maybe again, this isn't you, but for me, sometimes my life gets busy. Sometimes things happen in my lives. Sometimes uh, things go on in my life where I may not be thinking as clear as I should. But you know what I should be doing? I should be looking out for my wife. I should be looking out for my kids. I should be looking out for those that I'm working with. I should be looking out for those friends that I have. And brethren, I should be looking out more and more for you guys. Verse 5, Paul says, For this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter had tempted you. And our labor might be in vain. This wasn't no joke. Paul didn't think Satan was some little guy that could barely do anything. He understood the moment your weakness gets so low, what happens? Satan is waiting. Am I right? God wants us as brothers and sisters to come alongside each other to those who are down, to those who are struggling and encourage and establish those ones in the Lord. You ever went to go start your car and all of a sudden you hit it and it clicked and then you did it again and then it didn't do nothing? It's like, really? I was supposed to be at work like five minutes ago. So what do you do? Hey, babe, can you come, can you leave work and come jump me off? Because I'm, you know, my car. Yeah, I left the light on. Just, well, I don't want to talk about that. Can you just come jump me off, right? Yes, it was my fault, right? Or you call your buddy. Hey, man, can you, don't say nothing to nobody, but come on, I'm already in trouble, right? Don't lie, but just don't say nothing, okay? But what do you do? You go over there, you get your jumper cables and you have a battery that has energy and you plug it up and you put it to this battery. He doesn't have any energy and what happens? All of a sudden, that car cranks up. That's what encouragement does for discouraged people. Brethren, I've I have been discouraged. And you know what got me going? 
with some encouragement. Somebody telling me that they love me. Somebody that told me that they cared about me. Somebody that told me they appreciated me. See, we can give the energy from our spiritual battery to someone who has a spiritual battery that may be weak. See, this is why it's so important to understand in our weakest moments, and I just talked about it briefly, Satan is lurking. Brethren, I want you to consider a couple verses with me. Turn in your Bibles, keep your finger in 1 Thessalonians, but turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5 real quick. Very familiar verse, but I want you to think about what this says. I want you to consider it in your mind, and then I want you to consider it in your heart. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. It says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. If I'm going to be an encouragement to somebody, if I'm going to be somebody that's going to try and brighten up somebody's day, you know what I'm going to say in the midst of that struggle? Cast your cares on the Lord. Why don't we pray right now for it? Why don't we take just a moment? I know I'm busy and I know you're busy too, but let's take 10 seconds and let's pray to the one who can actually change things, right? Peter says, cast all your care upon him for he cares about you. And then verse eight, he says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, brethren, here's where I want you to catch. Verse nine, he says, resist him. How do I do that? (laughs) Because I'm steadfast in the faith. What about when my faith becomes not what it needs to be? That's why we're ready to come right to the side and help you out. I'm here to help you out. I know what Satan can do to you. I know if you give him just a little bit, you'll never step foot in this door again. I don't want that to happen to you, brother. I don't want that to happen to you, sister. What can I do? What can I do? Doesn't that help you out when you have somebody that wants to be there for you? Here was Paul reaching out to these brethren. He's in Athens. He's away from where they're at and he's worried about them. He wants them to do the right thing. So he sends Timothy to bring them some encouragement. Now watch what the rest of this verse says. It says, resist him, verse 9, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. And then verse 10 says, but may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Sometimes I need somebody in my ear telling me this, God is with you. Don't give up. Don't get down. 
Don't lose what you've gained. All this moment, all these moments, all these struggles, all of these things that you've been dealing with, keep doing it because you want to know what you are an encouragement to me. To him be the glory and the dominion forever. Back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. In verse 5, Paul is worried about these Thessalonians. He's wanting to make sure that their faith is what it needs to be. In verse 5, he says, For this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter had tempted you and our labor might be in vain. But oh, good news was coming. Look at verse 6. But now that Timothy has come to us from you. You want to know what he brought? He brought us good news about your faith and love. And that you always have good remembrance of us, greatly desiring to see us as we also to see you. Verse 7 says, Therefore, brethren, in all our affliction and distress, we were comforted concerning you by your faith. And look at verse 8. For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. And I want us to focus on 9 and 10 for just a second. He says, For what thanks can we render to you, render to God for you? For all the joy with which we rejoice for your sake before our God night and day, praying exceedingly that we may see your face and perfect what is lacking in your faith. The second thing to consider this morning is this. Not only do we need to be there for each other, here's what we also need to do. We need to be thankful for each other. I've said it once and I've said it a million times probably from this pulpit, but I'm not just saying it because I want to be uh, accepted. I say this because this is absolutely in my heart. I am thankful for all of you. One of the best ways to encourage someone else is to tell them that you're thankful for them. Am I right? Timothy returns to Paul, who's anxious to hear. Watch this develop. Just, just give me a second. I'm about to wrap it up. Just give me a second, please. I'm in this, boy. Timothy returns to Paul, who is anxious to hear about the Thessalonians. And he receives this awesome news about their faith and about their love. And then verse 9, he says, For what thanks can we render to God for you? You want to know what encourages elders? When the brethren's faith is on point. You want to know what encourages deacons? When the brethren's faith is on point. You want to know what encourages the teachers downstairs? When the brethren's faith is on point, you want to know what helps a Christian is when the brethren's faith is on point. Oh, how awesome that is. Here was Paul in a way 
I don't know all of the thoughts that Paul had in his mind, but could you imagine the point that he's at? He's just been uh, again almost beaten and killed and, and thrown into j again. And he leaves so he doesn't, he can make the peace so these brethren can have just a minute to breathe. But he tells them, you're going to suffer this persecution. You're going to suffer this affliction. But I know I can't be there. It's almost like Paul wants to protect them. But then he receives this word. Now we're doing all right, brother. We're doing all right. How encouraging is that to hear when brethren take their faith serious? Not just check the box, not just pretend it, but really are doing it. Oh, the change that we could make in this world. Oh, the change that we could make in our families. Not only did Paul encourage the Thessalonians, but by being there for them, the Thessalonians encouraged Paul, and Paul wasn't afraid to admit it. Brethren, people need to hear us tell them that we're thankful for them. Not just because they did something for us, but because they're striving to serve the Lord just like you. That's enough, isn't it? <clears throat> isn't that enough? I think sometimes we just don't realize how big of an impact we can make on each other. Somebody realizing that they're special, it gives you a boost, don't it? Everybody don't have to tell me that, but one or two people tell me that, man, I can run on that for a while. Hey, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you. Paul says in verse 7 in the scripture that I had on the board, it says, Therefore, brethren, in all of our affliction and distress, we are comforted. Concerning you by your faith. And in verse 8 he says, For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. Thank you, Thessalonians, for living towards the Lord. For making him your aim. Not anything else. And because of that, because of your desire, because of your wanting to do that, you are an encouragement to me and my crew. So as we close this morning, I want us to think about the effect that we have on each other. Brethren, as we dedicate our lives to serve the Lord and to live faithful to him, we must realize this, that we can make a difference amongst the brethren. Just as Paul encouraged the Thessalonians, they were encouraged by him. Because of their encouragement, they brought him to look at uh, it a different way. 
Here he was in the midst of this affliction. Here he was in the midst of this distress, this tough time, this mental struggle. And you know what that encouragement did for him? It's okay. I'm going to be able to push through this. Because what is our joy? What is our hope? What is our crown of rejoicing? It's you. One day, brethren, we're going to get to brag on each other to the king. I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about all the things that we did right here at Fountainhead. Will you pray this prayer today for the brethren? Will you think about some people in this congregation and spend just a little extra time praying this prayer that Paul uh, talked about in verses 11, 12, and 13? Look at it with me. He says, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. <coughs> Excuse me. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love toward one another and to all, just as we do to you, so that he may establish you, establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Three things. Focus on these three, three things this week. Ask the Lord to fill the brethren with love. Ask the Lord to strengthen their hearts. And ask the Lord to make them ready for the return of Jesus. Will you do that? Brethren, one day Jesus Christ is going to come back. How excited are you about that moment? What a day. That will be when we all see Jesus. Amen. Lord, be with the brethren and fill them with love. Lord, be with the brethren and strengthen their hearts. And Lord, be with the brethren to make sure that their mind is focused on the return and they're ready for that glorious day. Will we do that for each other this week? Spend some extra time this week praying for each other on these requests. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. Maybe you're here today and you've got some things going on in your lives and, and you need prayer. You can make it right today. You can ask for forgiveness right in your seat. If you need prayers from the saints, you can come forward and we'll pray with you. But if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I, I, I'm, I'm pleading with you just like Paul said. As Christ were pleading through me, if Jesus Christ was here, right here in the flesh, he would say, be saved from this perverse generation. How do you do it? You do it by believing who Jesus is. 
by believing that he came to this earth, that he died on the cross and that he was resurrected on the third day. You do it by understanding that your way ain't going to cut it no more and you need to repent. You need to turn from that way and turn towards the king. You do it by believing who he is and confessing his name that you believe that he is the actual son of God. You do it by being baptized in water. Ananias told Paul, he was Saul at that time, that God had big plans for him, that God was going to make him be the spokesman for the Gentiles. And then he says this, Acts chapter 22, verse 16. He says, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Sins washed away. Man, and once you do that and you come out of the water, you are immediately added to the body of Christ. All of that according to the scriptures. If you need to be saved, if you need prayers, whatever you need, brethren, friend, come right now. Together we stand and sing.